You know, maybe we could do it like the uh, 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 that uh, movie um, with uh, um, Gene Wilder and um, Richard Pryor, right? Hear no evil, see no evil. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, hear no evil, see <laughs> no evil. Stay with me. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, wait, what you guys talk? What you guys been talking about when I'm not around? That's what I want to know. Uh, Saved by the Bell. Oh, I'm glad I missed that. Yeah. That. Uh, I didn't miss anything then. No. But you, do we have anything? We have anything? Any surprises from Are you? Are you too old for for Say by the Bell? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Thanks for thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> I saw. I remember seeing some of it, but I think I was older. All right, man, you're the one on a time frame. Harrison does it. Shut your mouth. <laughs> time. Like, I gotta go do a real pastor <laughs> stuff. No, I nothing about pastor stuff. Father stuff. He likes to antagonize us first. He can't. He can't talk about the gospel no, without. No, I can't. Yeah, I can't jump in. Come on. Come on. He's got to. He can't. He can't. He's like. I bet when you go to the swimming pool, mm-hmm. you like you go in a toe first, and then you go, oh my gosh, and then you back up. You don't just go like cannonball. So I only go to pools that have the beachfront entrance in, so it's slow and gradual. Then you can uh-huh. kind of slowly sink in. Because otherwise, you got to take a whole step down. What if you're at a lake? Well, I suppose it's not always gradual at a lake. What if somebody splashes you? Yeah, what happens? Nobody splashes. You can't splash at pools. That's rule number four. Right after we don't swim in your toilet, don't pee in our pool. Yeah, broke down too. No running. I bet you put a lot of sunscreen on your head. Or at least I hope you do. I don't. I'm going to get cancer. You don't? Wow. I'm going to get melanoma. You're living on the edge. Yeah, you know. It's all right. We're at high altitude here in Colorado. That's not safe, my friend. It's closer to the sun. I know. And Mm -hmm. I was in Albuquerque, even just as high and and sunnier. What are we going to talk to him about today? Jesus. (gasps) But he's not in the Old Testament. Wait, we did it. She snuck it in on you. Yeah, you better hello internet it because we're doing it. It's being done. I got to get my Bible. Hold on. You're so unpaid. You showed up without your materials. It's in the other room. Is he going to the bathroom? Well, that's where (laughs) he keeps it. I mean. (laughs) At least he looks at it. Uh huh. (laughs) You mean his his, um, cartoon version that he can keep up with so he can be like, I read the whole Bible today, but nobody knows that he had the the cartoon one, the picture version only. Yeah. The The coffee table book. CPH children's bible his homeschool kids can't find it but because daddy needs it where did he he went to get his bible for realsies hold on just chill yeah what are we talking about today hold on just chill nobody nobody gave me an outline last time you acted like we were going to do something and then we ended up using ridiculous voices Goodman talked about turtles. Again, I don't want to disparage any <laughs> Canadians here. Outside of their own country, they could be quite simply delightful. I've met some very playful ones. I do, however, keep my guard up. If someone is introduced to me as a Canadian, I instinctively fortify myself for the torrent of soul-crushing boredom 
to come plunging out of their mouth. I even, <laughs> I even cover my ears if I suspect them of not having properly been Americanized. Good times. I think, I think Goodman's just working right now. Yeah, Harrison seems bored. I'm writing a reflection. You got me doing those too, so. Great! Who, who greets the internet, or do we already do that? Is the internet greeted? I don't. It's, it's a standing rule that, uh, that most of the time it's Harrison, unless it's uh, done in a mocking sort season. of way. And then yeah. it's me. Yeah, you're right. Hello, internet. Hello, Internet! Hi. We How are you a... doing today, Harrison? <laughs> I'm good. All right. Harrison, I need some eye contact, man. I know that you're just doing work on your computer there. Oh, yeah. That's the type of eye contact. Perfect. <laughs> that's there's, good. there's Turtle Boy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that story. No, not yet. Maybe so. Well, they should get the they should get the VBS this year, and then they'll then they'll hear Turtle Boy because that is voiced by Pastor Harrison Goodman. There's a, there's a shameless plug. That was a right shameless there. plug shameless for higher things was, VBS. That was horrible. Wow. I I want to encourage people not to get it now. Hey. Hey now. Of how shameless that was. Okay, Goodman. I'm gonna count on you to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we doing today, Harrison? It's your no podcast. Also, I'm Goodman. Pastor Goodman, what are we doing today? You got to help me out, man. We're doing uh, we're doing the Day of Atonement. Okay. Yes, I told you we were doing the Day of Atonement. I don't listen to you. You listen, man. You got to you got to give me some softball questions. What are we doing today, like, hey. Pastor Litzow? Well, I'm so happy that you asked. You know, uh, uh, Jacoby wants to find uh, some gospel in the Old Testament, wants to find some Jesus there. Jesus isn't to be it's found. It's the only but, reason I'm but here. Christ is to be found there, the second person of the Trinity. Uh, and pointing forward to Jesus is to be found there, right? And so we've got, uh, I think, maybe the quintessential uh, Jesus uh, point in the whole, uh, well, at least in the whole book of Leviticus, um, if not in the whole uh, Pentateuch, we've got uh, the quintessential uh, uh, Jesus moment here in, in the Day of Atonement. <clears throat> For those of us at home who don't have a <clears throat> theological degree, <clears throat> will you uh, break down that Pentateuch word and Leviticus? I thought that was all law, so now I'm scared. Would you so, explain it to me too? Explain, explain it to the people back home. Explain Pentateuch, to me first like five, five books of the Bible. Leviticus is one of those. Okay, thank you. So, yeah, no, you're welcome. So, yeah, uh, the Pentateuch is just basically, it's it's what Moses wrote, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So, uh, Leviticus being uh, this uh, third book in the Pentateuch, uh, and the, um, the Day of Atonement actually being almost smack dab right in the middle of Leviticus as well. You kind of see uh, this being the central point of this Pentateuch is this Day of Atonement. <clears throat> Not only because it's well literally right there in the center of the five books, but you do see it in the fact that this is this is what it's all about. It's, it's, it's what the whole sacrificial system uh, boils down to in the Old Testament, and then it speaks beautifully uh, to what it actually is in uh, in the New Testament. So there we go. 
We're in Leviticus chapter 16, right? Leviticus chapter 16. Yes, indeed. Okay. Is it the Good. Whole I was chapter? worried. I was starting I started to worry that you well, two hadn't talked yet before this. We hadn't what? talked about this. Well, we did talk about this. We just didn't uh, go over everything that we were going to do. Leviticus. This is going to be fun. Chapter 16. All right, so you're using a lot of big words here. Um, and uh, some of us are either tired or bored of your face. Would you explain uh, <laughs> some of some of these words for me? Uh, atonement would be a, a good one. It's a churchy sounding word. Uh, and mm -hmm. that, that I'm sure would make me sound smart if I say it in front of people. But what does it mean? I, I think just in a, in a very simplistic form, it's it's atonement is the blood that covers sin it is somebody else's or something else's in this day of atonement it's the sins of uh the israelite nation the israelite people god's chosen people being atoned for being forgiven being covered up by the blood of another okay does that does that help that kind of sounds like jesus it does which is why this is the central uh, part of the whole book of Leviticus, or Pentateuch, if you will. Because it is. It's about Jesus. The whole Old Testament is about Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. It's all about Jesus uh, for the people back then and Jesus for the people now. So, the thing about the book of Leviticus, though, is... Uh, this is, uh, this is God speaking to Moses, right? It's God speaking to Moses and Aaron and setting up uh, what... I guess we could best be uh, could best be understood as uh, the divine service of the Old Testament, right? Today we've got the divine service. We know what that looks like. They needed a divine service as well, and so the the whole book of Leviticus is this setting up of this divine service. Divine service being the way in which the Israelites are supposed to worship, and the way in which they're supposed to worship God in order to receive the gifts that God desires to give. See, I think that's that's a central part as well that I think we need to, and, and Lutherans have a good distinction on this, um, about what worship is. Uh, so, Harrison, if I asked you, uh, is worship uh, primarily this uh, uh, earth to heaven or heaven to earth sort of thing, what would, what would the Lutheran pastor say? Worship is where heaven comes down to earth. Worship is where Jesus comes to me to forgive my sins. Uh, worship is where I receive Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And so when we look out into society, into a lot of uh, Christian denominations here in America, we think uh, we, we reverse that on its head. And that's our automatic thought process is that worship is something that we do. Right. So when we go into the church building, 90% uh, of what we're doing uh, is us to God. And then maybe God sprinkles down a little bit for us. But most of it is is us to God. It's us vertically up to him. Um. But I think the correct understanding from the Lutheran perspective, and I would say biblical perspective, especially when you get into the Old Testament and the, uh, and the temple and the tabernacle and the Day of Atonement, and you see all this taking place, you've got this 90, if not more, 95% is God coming down to us. It's God bringing heaven down to earth for us for the forgiveness of sins. It's Jesus for us. I think that's, I mean... I don't know if I just want to go ahead and call that a given that every Lutheran understands this. I'm not trying to throw rocks. I'm really not. But I think this is actually the whole 
point of question as far as what worship has been like, I don't know, for uh, maybe the last year of a global pandemic, what, what worship would be like for uh, anybody who's confirmed and is no longer maybe necessarily forced to go to church uh, like they were beforehand, for, for anybody in college who has been uh, for the first time uh, not yelled at to wake up at a certain time for church, the idea that we would have to go to church at a certain time uh, it has been beaten into a, a lot of folks. But the idea that God goes to church first, I think it bears talking about. This might actually uh, be a good way to frame how we see church today, not looking at church today and then looking back into the Old Testament and realizing it's the same. Uh, I'd almost like to start here and carry this forward because, I mean, I got to admit that the, the overwhelming perception uh, that, that I deal with, uh, even among Lutherans, uh, faithful, mm. godly Lutherans, people who love their Lord, is that they're going there to praise him. They're going there to do something for him. They're going there to sort of cash in a few mm -hmm. points so that they can trade them out uh, like Chuck E. Cheese tickets uh, for salvation or a spider ring. Spider ring. Shoot, Sp I like spider rings. So further question on that, because we're living in the spiritual, not religious age, right? Is sort of this, I think this is a, this is in the secular kind of world where people who've sort of fallen away from the faith or have never learned the faith this idea that um, I can I can be anywhere to be kind of spiritual. Like, why would I show up at church? I could stay at home, especially in the age of the internet, right? And I can, now I can tune into church. Or I mean, that's been for a while, but but like I can I can like have you heard the I can go out in nature and like and see yeah. the majesty of God and like so I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. You know, like I I can find God in my own terms, in my own way. Why? I mean, that's important. Like, why go to the place? Uh, because it's the difference between the hidden God and the revealed God. Uh, and I don't think people uh, uh, can, I don't think people grasp that enough. Uh, because yes, I can, uh, I can come to every understanding that there is a God uh, out there in nature. Because it's gorgeous and it's beautiful. And, and the fact that this is, is created by a hand bigger than mine, uh, it's just self-evident. Um, but I know nothing of who that God is. And I know nothing of who that God is for me, really. Especially since the, the world that we live in and the fallenness of this creation uh, deteriorates. And, uh, and you can just see that in nature. So all that I can know is that, well, there is this divine, beautiful, not divine, there is this beautiful nature. Um, but even that is crumbling. And if there was a hand that made it that's, that's allowing this nature to crumble, then... That's a scary thing. The hiddenness of God is a scary thing. It can't bring in any comfort. Right. Our formula of Concord, which we actually did in season one, um, it actually says we shouldn't talk about God as if he is everywhere. It's not helpful. It's not that God isn't omnipresent. It's not that God is not capable of working anywhere. But as the scriptures would talk about this, it's not just that God is everywhere. There's no comfort in that because then you have to deal with all the ways you don't understand him, the, the ways that he would hide himself. Uh, the, the psalm that's actually helpful for this is uh, if I go to the deepest depths of the ocean, there you are. If I ascend to the heights, there you are. It's not that God can be anywhere. It's that God is everywhere that you are because God wants to be near you. But more than just wanting to be with you, he wants to be found by you. And so he promises to be in certain specific things so that we can actually lay hold of him and find comfort in his promises. Because a promise, like I can promise my kids that there's cupcakes in the house. Uh, but if they can't find them, not only will they drive themselves to despair, but they'll wreck the house. Uh, but 
If I go home and I say, in this bag are cupcakes, this is a cupcake for you, uh, the language should sound vaguely churchy. Um, all of a sudden, you can hold out your hands um, and, and then say, Amen. You, you know where to look, you know what it is, and you can receive the promise. In the, in the New Testament church, God binds himself uh, to the word and the sacraments so that we actually know where to look for him. I'm interested to see where he is uh, in this Old Testament stuff because uh, other than sort of like wanting to get animal rights activists upset with us for reading this chapter, uh, we actually need to find God here. PETA. PETA is amazing. I love PETA. Do you? Really? Yes. I feel like we're being set up, don't you? I'm waiting for the joke. Mm -mm. No, I can't say anything bad, right? We can't. I, oh, you get canceled. Yeah. The, all four people who listen to this are going to cancel you. I, so I, I love PETA. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like the bread? Because it's really bread. good with a year old. No, no, I hate, no. PETA bread is awful. And maybe that's cancelable, right? Because that's... uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, real, it's a pocket know? bread. Why do you want a pocket bread? Just get you two pieces of bread in and the smash pocket. it together. It's stupid. You put stuff in it. Why do you want pocket pants? Pocket pants are better yeah, than why not pocket in pants. Pocket I don't bread need better put, than. I don't need to put uh, uh, gyro meat in a pocket. <laughs> just just slap it between two pieces. Do you of hate bread tacos? Piece. If you hate tacos, we're done. No, we're just done. Of course okay. Not. But they have to be fried tacos. That's still not good. Yeah. I don't. No. It's. What kind of Texan are you? Fried tacos. South Texan. Do you mean taquitos? Like I don't understand. No, not what he no, means, no, like, he's like Indian tacos. Um, so. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's like a pita fried. That's a no. thing. No, not, not Indian tacos. Not not <laughs> soft shell tacos that are fried. You, man, it's corn, hard corn, small. You almost called you a name. Wow. Are there are there and they're fried? Are you talking about street tacos? Tostada? Oh, oh, are you talking about chalupa? Use your words. Use your Spanish. It's just which, Taco Bell. Which value meal there's from no, Taco Bell do you this do you Taco want? Bell. Uh, yeah, I prefer Taco John's. We're gonna continue here. You want? Wait, no, hang on. Ruining Taco John's. Uh, so you want your tacos with hash browns? Yes. Doesn't even make any if, sense. If I'm gonna get garbage fast food tacos, I want Taco John's. At least I can get a churro. What are cinnamon twists? Cinnamon it's twists are churro. garbage. It's a churro. Churro. It's <laughs> right. Is that the correct pronunciation? Let's see. let's keep it to things you know about. Let's go back. <laughs> but to then we can't do this there. either. <laughs> <gasps> uh, uh, oh, but I wait. think this is gonna be a two-parter. This might, this might be, this might be. Okay, because everybody's bored already. This is great, man. No, we talked about food. They can't be bored. We talked about food. I know. Harrison's been bored from the beginning. We've been bickering since the beginning. It's like it's like an old. It's gonna be spicy. It's gonna be spicy this time. Oh, it's all right. So like spicy. uh, So Harrison was uh, saying uh, he wants to know how this kind of works with the divine service, and I think it's it's weird maybe for us to. To think about the divine service being in the Old Testament, but I think it's appropriate to do so because, again, divine service, I think maybe the best way to look at it is is just the way in which God is giving himself to us in time and space. And so in so the new, we're receiving, right? That's exactly. the point you're making. It's we're all a reception. Something. Yeah. 
And and so in the New Testament, as uh, Pastor Goodman said, uh, this is a way in which uh, God has bound himself to specific things, word and sacrament, and said, this is how I'm going to give myself to you. And uh, as has been stated before, that's not to say that he can't do it any other way. That's just to say that, that we don't look for him to do it in any other way. We don't expect him to do it in any, other, in any other way because he never promised that he would. He said, here I'll be in word and sacrament and we go there. And if at uh, some other point uh, down the road he says, okay, I'll also be in, uh, in a babbling brook. Okay, then I can go to a babbling brook too. Uh, he's yet a, babbling, to a babbling pastor? No, brook. Got oh, it. Okay. Brooke. Who's Brooke? Brooke. Got it. So then uh, we go to the Old Testament and we see, okay, uh, prior to uh, the book of Leviticus, we, we kind of had, we had some altars being built by Abraham and Noah and some sacrifices being made, and but it, it wasn't specific. There was nothing kind of set in stone, if you will, until we've got the book of Leviticus, until we've got uh, after the... Uh, after the Red Sea, after God bringing his people out of exile, bringing them uh, towards and to the promised land, then we have God saying, okay, I'm going to do my, uh, I'm going to fulfill what I've promised for you, uh, bringing you into the promised land, and I'm going to continue, continually be with you. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in this divine service that I'm setting up. So you see in the book of Leviticus, and if you go all the way at the beginning of it, you get to see the way in which God does this. All these different offerings that are going to be set up. We've got burnt offerings. We've got uh, sin offerings. We've got grain offerings. We've got peace offerings. And the book of Leviticus explains all of this, what the purpose of all of those are, right? So there's lots of different types of offerings we can they, that could be made, right? And who's doing the offering and why? Like who? Who? Yes, and there were the people. The pe the see, and this is the weird thing as well because the people are bringing these offerings uh, to the temple uh, on a daily basis or on these special festival days. But they're all do and so then you say, oh well, wait a minute. See, it's the people doing this, and so they're bringing what they want before God, and now uh, so we can see it's 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 man to God. But all of this is what has actually been set up by God. So so Yahweh says, okay, no, no, no. This is what a burnt offering is going to look like. And this is what you're going to bring. And this is how you're going to do it. And the reason for that, the, it, it seems so, uh, it seems so, uh, what, law-based. It seems it so scary. Mm -hmm. it, it, it seems so, like, it's overpowering. It's, it's a penance system. I mean, on the surface, it looks like one, right? Like, uh, how sorry mm -hmm. are you? Well, I am sorry one dead chicken that I can't have for dinner now. Now I, I right. have I made up for my sin yet by, by <laughs> sacrificing my family's dinner? Uh, have I done this thing for you? Can I, can I be forgiven? Is it, is it a do-this-get-that right. situation, though? Like, are, is this an no, economy it's, it's, of forgiveness? It's a no. It's a, it's a blood transactional. Must, yeah, it sounds it, like it's, it's a, transactional. It's a blood must be shed to to uh, atone for sins, um, and yeah. inevitably we have this blood that will be fulfilled, or the the blood that will be shed that fulfills it all is is uh, in Jesus, and and we will get there. Um, and yet, in this time and space of the Old Testament, we uh, Jesus has not come yet. Right, uh, uh, the time has not been fulfilled. 
um, as uh, John the Baptist will say, right? The time is at hand. That hasn't happened yet. So we do have this sacrificial system. But again, all of this is something that has been set up by Yahweh saying, this is what you're going to do. And don't, don't do anything extra. Don't do anything mm-hmm. more. Um, because the danger then, right, is, is uh, well, if I sacrificed one chicken, uh, but uh, Pastor Goodman sacrifices two, uh, then obviously God is going to be happier with Pastor Goodman than with me. Or, right? Or, hang or. on, what if I sacrifice the chicken first? And then I can just like that's a free sin pass, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You you use your get out of jail yeah. free car ahead of time. Yeah. yeah, like I'm planning to do some bad stuff this so weekend. Let's so let's go ahead and get this out. Of, like, yeah, sure, right. That that is the that's the sinner's way, and that's just the the natural way for us to kind of think of things. We we do that. Uh, the the sinner within us does that uh, in regards to the divine service in uh, today's day and age, right? I'll do whatever I want Saturday night. I'm going to go and get communion on Sunday. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just yeah. have a great, great night. We don't, do whatever I we, want. It doesn't matter. We don't have to be taught to think this way either. No. I mean, like kids from their youngest age kind of do these shenanigans. This is, yeah. this is the old Adam approach, though. This is the very natural, uh, not, not the way it should be natural, but that our human nature has been corrupted by sin, natural approach mm-hmm. to how we would relate to God. When we talk about the economy of God, the the well, we always sort of assume that it's us buying and selling with him, that, that we, we are sort of bargaining over what we need to, to do and get from him. Uh, it, it, it was that way with uh, Cain and Abel. It was that way, I mean, quite frankly, even with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve after they started hiding in the bushes mm-hmm. all naked like. Uh, and it carries mm-hmm. forward now. Uh, what I think is interesting here is if you if you look into it, uh, into Leviticus 16, you'll start to see an economy of salvation, but with God working on, both ends of it. No, don't. All right. I'll, I'll bleep that out. You no, you, you, can, you can leave it in, but then just also have me yelling at you. Okay. <laughs> so That's like, important. Just like so, all the other times that we talked. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You're yelling right now. Oh, I'm just excited. Excited for Jesus. What were you going to say, Jacoby? No, I'm just trying to understand why you're like making sure I understand why you're yelling at him because you didn't agree with it, that it seems like we have this economy of God. No, that we're no, no, no. Interacting with, or I'm trying no, to understand I, the. No, I think I think uh, what what I had alluded to earlier, um, and uh, I think this might turn into a two parter. Um, and because otherwise, well, two reasons I got to pick up my kids. Uh, but the <laughs> other thing is, uh, if, if we, if we want to set everything up that we're doing with the temple stuff and Leviticus stuff, and then also talk to about the day of atonement, this would be an hour and 45 minute podcast mm-hmm. that nobody wants to listen to. I don't know. So, not... so, you know, what's better than that is two podcasts. You don't want to listen to. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right we can double down on that exactly but no i wanted to go back to uh jacoby's uh question about the different types of sacrifices and again uh we don't need to get into okay uh you need to sacrifice a bull for the priest and you, then you sacrifice rams for the people or uh, all the we could do that or you could read the book of leviticus mm-hmm. on your own and kind of get into that too but Again, I think what's important to see here is, is uh, Yahweh is setting up this sacrificial system. And he says, this is how it's going to look. This is what you're going to do, exactly what you're going to do. And he does that for two reasons. We kind of spoke about the first reason, right? Because otherwise we're going to uh, sacrifice two chickens instead of one, or we're going to preemptively mm-hmm. sacrifice things. 
and that's a that's a real and and present danger that you see actually happening in the people groups around uh, around uh, the Israelites when they enter into the Promised Land. Even in so far as they get worse, they get worse. The Israelites will get worse and worse and worse and start adopting these other practices and well as well. And it, it gets up to the point actually of, you say of, in of well? child sacrifice. Yeah, I did. Who's in the well? Um, in well, in well. I was, I was referring to uh, uh, Joseph. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> as well, he was in the well. Save, really right. save. No, but uh, strong it, work. It, it happens as well uh, because uh, we'll actually see it uh, elevate itself all the way to child sacrifice, right? So that mm-hmm. people are, are are saying, okay, well, if a chicken's good, then a goat is better, and if a goat is better, then a bull is mm-hmm. great. But if a bull is great. I can sacrifice my own child and the gods will be happy. We see that in the <laughs> surrounding areas, uh, but mm-hmm. we also see at least two different times uh, kings in northern Israel later on, uh, centuries after, after Leviticus, uh, uh, literally offering their children, not to Yahweh, uh, but to, uh, to Moloch and to the Baals. Literally you know, doing this. But isn't this, it's interesting because the human religion and the every other religion in the world is you have to offer some sort of sacrifice to God, right? I mean, there, this is this is the way when humans do like create any kind of religion, even if it's not. I mean, across like they have to don't have to see this somewhere else. It happened in Mesoamerica. It happened. It happens everywhere. You you have to make some sort of offering or sacrifice to the gods in order to get like be right with them or to get them to do what you want them to do like that's every religion ever right like how is this different then it's almost how is, like how there is... really is only one religion in the beginning and we tried to rip it away from god somewhere and take control of it and start running all the verbs start doing all the work and from there we we've maybe uh are gotten to put sort of our creative licenses on it you know our, our artistic framework mm-hmm. you know we can all decorate the hand turkey a little bit different but underneath it it's the same hand <laughs> turkey uh but at the same time uh it really always seems to be circling around uh and Oddly enough, making a mockery out of uh, the all-atoning sacrifice mm-hmm. of Christ upon the cross. Yeah. No, I liked how you put that, hand Pastor turkey. Goodman, where you, it's, where, yes, the turkey, mm-hmm. the hand turkey. That's the best part. That was deep. As long as it had a pilgrim hat on it. But I don't know if today's day and culture you can have a pilgrim hat on that anymore, I made, can you? I made Native American hand turkeys. You were woker before woke even began. It's amazing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's woke. Have to have to process him through the woke meter. I think I'm still asleep. But Pastor Goodman, I, I like how you you did put that. How you did say uh, maybe we should see it as there's always just been one uh, one religion, one false um, religion, and, and right? One, well, no, no, one type of religion, one type of worship, and then the sinner takes it and runs with it in the opposite way. Because exactly. all of this, it's, it's always been trying to grab control, grabbing the doing of the verb away from God and saying, no, I'm going to do it now. And if I'm the one doing it, I'm the one that gets to have the result that I want. Like, I guess if you're the one doing all the work, you can choose how it goes. But if I do the work, then I can have what I want in this, right? I will be like God, knowing good and evil. Yeah. And that's our, like, I, I just think about my kids when they were little. It was like one of the first things they say is me do. It's like our instinct. It's our instinct internal 
broken sinner instinct to be like, no, I got this. Don't want to need no help. I got control. Yeah. And and I think, again, so then that that speaks to the, the very fact that we can see in the book of Leviticus, God saying, okay, I'm, I'm actually setting up the divine service. I'm setting up what worship is going to look like. I'm going to set up what sacrifice is going to look like. Um, and it needs to be done this way. Why? Uh, so that you can have the assurance that you have what I've promised, because I said you're going to do it, it this way for this reason. And this is how I'm going to give this to you. And so uh, all of these strict uh, uh, laws uh, are, are, you can see it for two different ways. But uh, one of them, and maybe the most important, is that you can see it for your assurance. That God said you do A, B, and C, and you receive this from me. I will, I will give you the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. And... And, and with all the sacrifices as well, the, the crazy thing is, um, all of the sacrifices, uh, it, it, the way that the Israelites would have seen this is that these are the gifts that Yahweh has given to them for their daily needs, right? We're talking about oil and grain and the livestock and all of this sort of stuff. So it's for the, the daily needs, but it's also... Uh, for this, these sacrifices as well. So the, the very things that they are bringing to the, uh, uh, to the divine service in order to sacrifice are things that God has already given to them. It's nothing in and of... I think that's such an important point. No, that, that's, that this bears like a, a little bit of a expounding upon. Um, that when God gives you all of your daily bread for your daily needs... He actually maybe had this in mind that the God who literally made bread appear from the ground and called it manna uh, actually knew what he was doing when he gave them also enough to make sure that they could also receive the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and the way in which they're able to uh, set up these different uh, sacrifices and the animals, right? Bring a lamb. But if you don't have the money for a lamb, bring two pigeons. That's okay, right? We're, we're going to make sure that the things that, that God has given to the people, uh, it's, it's going to cover the forgiveness of sins. It's going to cover the forgiveness of sins in the way that God has actually set it up. So when you look at those burnt offerings, when you look at those sin offerings, uh, and especially like, uh, and this is an interesting thing too, when you look at the, um, the grain and the uh, uh, peace offerings, um, those uh, those specifically go to the Levites and to the priest. God actually not only does a portion of that get uh, get burned on the altar, uh, but the vast majority of it actually is given to the priests and the Levites for their sustenance for their families because they don't have a place, right? They don't have a vocation as a farmer or whatever to to get this for themselves. Their job is to run the tabernacle and run the temple and run all the sacrifices. And so God supplies for the priests and for the Levites through these uh, through these sacrifices, through these offerings, the grain offerings and the peace offerings. But then also, when you see uh, almost all of the sacrifices, I'm just going to pick that up and hang it up. <laughs> what if it was Google? Oh, Google! You remember when Google oh, called man. you? That was good. Right. Yeah. What if Here they're calling again? Uh, <clears throat> we're still talking about Jesus, amazingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How about that? <laughs> uh, the first time was about the two person, uh, the two, uh, the two natures, right? Mm -hmm. Throwback. Okay. Nice. That was that was back in season one. That was um, good stuff. 
But the first, uh, the first two offerings, the, the burnt offerings and the grain offering, sorry, the sin offering, um, the vast majority of, of those offerings are actually consumed by the people as well. Um, kind of interesting that, that you would, hmm, in the Old Testament, uh, consume, mm-hmm. uh, eat, take and eat part of this uh, sacrifice uh, mm-hmm. that is uh, for your forgiveness of sins. Hmm. I don't know where we've heard that before, Sounds but maybe it'll yeah. come up somewhere. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So even back then, you've already got this uh, God providing. And, and I think we're going to get the fullness of where is Christ when we get it. See. Hold on, guys. <laughs> we have to edit this out. <laughs> Look at him. He's going to have a full. We were just in church, Pastor Eli. Pastor Eli. Hey, your Zoom name is clearly Reverend Buttface. I feel like you should answer the phone appropriately. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. You have a good rest of the day. Okay, bye. Listen, I know behind this stoic facade and uh, and my jovial... uh, way of going about things and your beautiful professionalism don't forget about that and the beautiful professionalism uh that uh it seems uh like uh words don't cut like <laughs> like knives is this, but they do is this because i named you reverend buttface in zoom no okay no but words cut deeper sometimes from people that Pretend to be your friends. We love you. And the fact that you guys always have to make fun of me for not knowing how technology works. You make uh, you yourself milk that. it. You milk it. <laughs> okay. So, so everything leading up to uh, the Day of Atonement, uh, chapter 16, Leviticus chapter 16, uh, is setting up uh, all of these different sacrifices for all of these different reasons. Daily sacrifices, burnt offerings, um, sin offerings. But the burnt offerings, they're brought every single day uh, because uh, we unclean people uh, need to be made clean, washed clean, uh, in order to be in the presence of, of Yahweh. Well, if Yahweh is sitting there, if Yahweh is sitting there uh, in the tabernacle and we're going to bring these sin, uh, these these offerings to cover our sins, um We've got to be made holy or made clean, if you will, in order to then also bring the sin offerings too. So the burnt offerings uh, allows us uh, to approach Yahweh or allows the priest to approach Yahweh. The sin offerings are for actually covering of the sins. The peace offerings do think. So anyways, Jacoby, you wanted to say something there. Well, so my question is, is jumping forward to Jesus on the cross and his actual atonement for everyone for all time. My question is, the, the people had the promise back then. Why do they need, why does God ask them to do this now? Cause do they don't, te- do they technically need this? I mean, because they're living in all these times or you are you saying promise. that? Do you technically need communion? Right. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's, that's where I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm asking you. Cause, cause. No, that's a great question. And people think that, and, and that's what people think in regards to, I don't need going back to your earlier your earlier point of I can go out in in nature. Okay, that's great. But God has promised to actually give himself in time and space to you. So he actually, um, 
Luther, uh, Luther speaks about this, and we have it in the Confessions as well, uh, in regards to the cross is not where the forgiveness of sins is, is given. The cross is where the forgiveness of sins has been won. The word and sacrament is where the forgiveness of sins is given. Old Testament, the, the word and uh, the sacrificial system is where the cross is actually given. So in all of these sacrifices of burnt offerings, sin offerings, peace offerings, grain offerings, uh, all of this, uh, it is the way in which uh, Jesus is actually bringing his cross back in time to the people and giving it to them. And literally, we'll have a lot of those offerings, like I said earlier, given for them to eat. Right? They're actually consuming this as well. So there, so you're actually, it sounds like you're saying you have a creator who knows his creation well and knows what we need to sort of feed and sustain us, right? In our, in our, in our faith. Yeah. Um, and he, he gives to us regardless of where we are sort of standing in time, looking at, looking at everything. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly, that's super cool. No, it's awesome that, that the same cross that's given to us. Uh, here in 2021 is the exact same cross that was given to Moses and Aaron and the Israelites all the way back in the book of Leviticus. So the means were different, but yeah, the Jesus was the same. Jesus was exactly the same, exactly. So yeah. can we get a little mind-bendy then? In the New Testament, he, he says that he is both the, the priest and the sacrifice, right? Can we say that in yes. this same mode here in Leviticus chapter 16? Can you find well, the Son of God uh, as as both the sacrifice and the priest? I think you find him. I think you find him as more than that. Will you break that down first, though? But what what is what does Jesus mean by that? By being the priest, and I get the sacrifice part, but can you talk to me about how is he the priest? What does that mean? The priest is the one who uh, who is the hand and work of God here. Uh, the hand and mouth of God is the priest. And so when Jesus claims then to be the priest, he is the one who performs the sacrifice. So uh, if, if God is the one running all of the verbs, uh, in other words, your pastor doesn't have like a magic power in him to turn bread and wine into Jesus' body and blood, but God works through him. Your pastor uh, doesn't, by his own reason or strength, have the ability to put together a, an actual sermon full of the gospel, uh, but the Holy Spirit will speak through him. Uh, but, but God in his mercy wants to work through this. If Jesus then is to be the priest, he is the one who is performing the sacrifice, even as he is also the one who is providing it. Uh, you, you see it uh, in mm -hmm. the New Testament, too, where mm -hmm. he wants to be both the good shepherd and the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. He's filling both roles and only he can do that. Yeah, he's good. Him, Christ, the victim, Christ, the priest. Hallelujah. Count it. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think we can go one step further. Uh, it, not only is he um, not only is he the priest. Uh, and the sacrifices, uh, he's also the, the tabernacle, the temple itself, ah. right? Um, and we see this in the yeah. New Testament uh, where we see uh, uh, John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, or Emmanuel, right? You should call his name Emmanuel as, as uh, we, we hear from, uh, from Isaiah, right? This is God in the flesh with us. When uh, at one point in time He dwelt in the holy of holies, we're going to talk about more uh, more about that uh, next time. Um, at one point in time He dwelt amongst His people uh, in the holy of holies. Uh, here He dwells amongst His people in the flesh in the person of Jesus. So He's the temple. He's the sacrifice. He's the priest. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, we could see him as the all-consuming fire. I think we can see him as the priestly vestments as well that's going to happen. We could probably see him in, uh, uh, and we'll see this uh, next week, in the uh, and the the, wa- the ceremonial washings that the priests have to do on the Day of Atonement. I mean, we see Jesus all over the place here because it's all Jesus doing the cleansing, Jesus doing the forgiving, Jesus taking on the sins, Jesus doing all of this. And this is, this is what the book of Leviticus uh, is for. It's, uh, I, no, I thought it was all law. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. It's, it's, all, it's all gospel, and it's gospel for you. It's gospel for us. It's gospel for God's people. And God says, here is the way in which you can receive it. We, we do get, we do get a, a, a law aspect even in today's day and age. Um, with that, when, when somebody says, I can be close to God in nature— Mm-hmm. And and our response is no, because you're the one trying to, uh, as Pastor Goodman was saying, you're the one trying to drive it. You're the one trying to say how God is going to be with you. No, God's already told you how mm-hmm. he's going to be with you. I'm going to dictate the terms of how I engage God. Exactly. Does yeah. not look for God in any other place than where he's promised to be. Does not look for him to give us anything except what he's promised. It's not just a God doesn't feel like going into nature, so you have to come inside to church. It's a he binds himself to places so you can actually be certain that you've received him. Because if God is sort of floating around in nature, like how do you know when you've actually stumbled along, along to the right moment? Is it sort of that, that scenic, peaceful feeling? Uh, what if it's raining? Like how do you actually know? for sure, that -hmm. you have received the gifts that he's promised. Because like even now in the New Testament, when we can eat and drink what is the body and blood of Jesus, I still feel like a sinner. I I, I still struggle with sin. I still am not sure sometimes. I still doubt sometimes. The certainty can't be from my heart. It has to be for my heart. It has to be dictated to Mm -hmm. me, uh, not because God won't sort of... uh, vacation uh but because god doesn't ever want me to wonder whether or not it worked yes and and so we'll see this as we kind of come to a close here um we'll see this in in the way in which uh not only god sets up all the sacrificial systems but then in leviticus like eight and nine he's actually setting up uh the priestly office and he consecrates uh aaron and his sons into this priestly office and then in chapter 10 uh, you've got uh, Aaron's son, uh, Aaron and his sons and the Levites actually partaking of the very first daily divine service that's going to be set up for uh, uh, for the uh, for the Israelites here in Leviticus. And the, and the sad thing is, and it is really sad. Uh, and maybe we can uh, touch on it here, and then we'll pick up at this uh, the next time as well. Right at this point is uh, God has already dictated. This is all the ways in which. Uh, the divine service is going to take place. And this is what the priest does. This is how it does it. And this is the order and all of this so that you could be assured that I'm the one doing it for you. And in the very first divine service, we've got Aaron's uh, sons who go rogue and do something on their own. Mm-hmm. And they end up dying. Ooh. You used, used one term before we go, I'm going to ask you to define, which was consecrate. Would you quickly define that term? What did I use it in regards to? Uh, Consecrated, uh, uh, Aaron uh, consecrated his sons. Uh, I I think what I was uh, speaking about, maybe uh, maybe ordained. Okay. Right? 
Right. So uh, in in that context, at least, it was uh, they're going to be consecrated into the priesthood. They're going to be ordained into the priesthood there. That's okay. what happens in chapter, uh, I think, 8 and 9. We have them actually being ordained into the priesthood. Got yeah. it. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I think we touched on a little bit of Jesus. That was a rocky uh, a rocky start, guys. I blame you. It's, it's a, Well, it's a gloomy day in Denver, Colorado. That's it's actually overcast here. That never happened. I'll take it. We're going to get snow. It's going to be wet, sloppy snow. It's going to be sloppy stuff. Yeah, Goodman's just looking at us like, you already had your snow. You had your super storm. Once in a decade snow. Yeah, you had your super storm. Yeah. So good. All right. So uh, next time, Goodman, you're off the hook. You don't have to provide anything because uh, we're going to go right into uh, Leviticus uh, 16 and finally do the Day of Atonement and see Jesus for you. So is this the Day of Atonement Eve? That depends on uh, if people listen to it two days in a row. That's gonna be that's a that's a big ask. They might need a break. <laughs> yeah, like I need a break from you guys. I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> well done. And there it is. And we out. <laughs> <laughs>